The 2022 NFL draft is in the books, but the 2023 NFL draft could be legendary for Boston College. We'll tell you why on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. With me today, I have, as always, Mondays with Mitch, Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? Going good. Uh, just kind of emerging from my uh, whole of uh, minimal hibernation post-draft, uh, you know, taking a little break from watching film. Now I'm back at it, starting on the 2023 guys. So excited to talk about it. So 2022 was, I mean, on one hand, it was exciting because you had Zion Johnson, and that was big news, having him go 17th. But overall, it was pretty disappointing. You had one, only one BC player drafted. 2023 looks to be a completely different landscape for Boston College. And it starts at the top. Last week, I, I gave a whole episode of why I thought Phil Dracovic will be a first-round draft pick. But I want to hear your perspective on this, Mitch. Do you think Phil will be a first-round draft pick in 2023? I think he will, assuming he stays healthy. And that's the big thing. And that's been the problem the last two seasons. I granted in 2020, it was only the last game and kind of the last few games of the season where he wasn't fully healthy. But, you know, last year was a big thing. And, you know, this year he's going to need to stay upright and need to stay on the field and show he can handle the rigors of an entire season. Um, And if he can improve some of the accuracy issues uh, that you sometimes see with him. Now, we saw a quarterback that is honestly kind of similar to Jakovic and Desmond Ritter. Um, who had kind of similar issues, like he's a mobile quarterback, has a good arm, uh, you know, but he had some accuracy issues as well. Uh, but he still went in the third round. Um, I think Jerkovic has a little more physical talent than Ritter does. So, and he's a big guy. So I could definitely see him being a first round pick. I know that in uh, at least a few of the way too early 2023 mock drafts that I've seen that he's been in the first round, I think. Mel Kuyper of ESPN said that the over under for quarterbacks in the first round next year should be at 6.5, which sounds insane considering there was one this year, but you know, if Dracovic has a fully healthy season and plays well throughout, you know, I see no reason why he wouldn't be a first round pick. So the, the Dracovic is not, we've seen a lot of mock drafts out on um, various sites already. And as you said, there's a lot of hype around this, this quarterback class. And there's a lot of hype around some of the players in uh, the ACC uh, quarterbacks in the ACC and some of the names that we've seen a lot of were Tyler Van Dyke, um, Brennan Armstrong, Sam Hartman, other uh, and it's not, Sam Hartman, probably not as much, but um, Brennan Armstrong, Devin Leary. Uh, Ty, what's that? Devin Leary, Malik Cunningham. Devin, yes. Can you explain to me why Dracovic will be a better pro quarterback than most of those guys? Or if you don't think so, let me know. Um, I would say that the one he's probably close he's probably somewhere in between uh tyler van dyke and brendan armstrong uh van dyke is a little bigger he's obviously younger so teams like that um granted van dyke doesn't have much he's only started eight really meaningful games uh so that's so it's a very small sample size but he's has a big arm he's decently mobile um has a has a really like competitive fire to him so teams will like that but he also could kind of follow the DJ Uyangalale path and fall off a cliff this year. So that's a possibility. Um, Armstrong has been pretty productive for a few seasons now. Um, he's a lefty quarterback. So NFL teams might not like that as much, but he's very mobile. Uh, he's got a gunslinger attitude. I think Dracovic is a little more refined than Armstrong is. Um, so I think he's somewhere between those players in terms of the other ones. 
you know, Devin Leary is a, you know, classic mid to late round pick that, you know, he'll be a solid backup for a long time. Hartman's kind of the same thing. He runs a, a, a video game fake offense that won't translate well to the NFL. Um, I'm trying to think of, like if we on can put it back together, you know, he has all the physical tools. It's just a matter of if he can actually remember how to play quarterback. Um, and then there's obviously Keaton Slovis transfers in from USC to Pitt. He had some nice games a few years ago, but he's kind of had an up and down career, but it wasn't really the best situation at USC in terms of coaching. So that's kind of the problem. Um, and then even like, you know, some of the younger guys like Jeff Sims from Georgia tech, I know has some fans uh, Malik Cunningham's the name I mentioned, who I still don't really think can play quarterback. Well, uh, he's, basically an even more raw version of Lamar Jackson as a passer. So, but I mean, yeah, the ACC is chock full of quarterbacks this year. There's no doubt. All right. So the the quarterback position, you got Jakovic. What does he need to prove to scouts this season? What is he, other than staying healthy, which we've talked about. Yeah, that's a big one. (laughs) What other things do you want to see out of him? I want to see improved short area accuracy. You know, I think teams will love that he can hit the deep ball, but I think they want to see him consistently throw slants curls hitches you know take take the easy stuff you know that that you know throw a flat route accurately and on time you know that's the stuff that a lot of nfl offenses are based around you know that's the bread and butter that's what teams are going to want to see him execute because if you can't do that you really can't stay on the field so in in my mind you know there's kind of a range of outcomes for Phil Dracovic. And I think the kind of the high end outcomes are an alex smith or ryan Tannehill, and the low ends are kind of a drew lock so you know, again, if he stays healthy, that's great. It's just a matter of him taking his game to the next level this season. All right. So quarterback, we've talked about quite a bit, but another name that popped up that is going to be one, one BC fans are going to watch for. And as I said, on Friday's episode, I'm probably going to be rooting pretty hard for now is Zay flowers. If you haven't heard the news around Zay, go back to our episode on Friday, where he, I talked about his, um, his revelation that he turned down multiple, uh, six figure NIL deals. Um, my biggest question about Zay my, my question is how elite is his speed and route running and uh, like, where does he land in route running in hands? Rich? I think, I think hands is the uh, biggest issue right now, just consistency. And he, I would say he honestly, when given the opportunity this year, he cleaned that up. Um, you know, that was a bigger issue in 2019 and 2020, but this year was better when he had the opportunities uh, in terms of speed, you know, it's, it's hard. I, it's hard to say just based on film, but I mean, I think that, I think he can easily run sub four, four. Uh, if he can get into the four threes or even the four twos, that's going to be great for his stock. Um, in terms of his route running, I think, you know, t- route running's f- funny because different guys can win different ways. If you look at, if you go back and look at the uh, kind of debate between uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson in this year's draft class, they ran routes very differently, uh, but they were able to win in similar ways or sorry, in different ways, uh, but they were still successful was the point. Uh, so I think flowers is good at it, but that's something you can always improve on. And I think just kind of him, you know, taking that to the next level where he can not just run his routes well, but also attack receivers in different ways, or sorry, attack defenders in different ways, such that, you know, he's attacking their blind spots when he's running deep routes. Uh, He's using his hands to kind of manipulate the defender's leverage to his advantage. So there's, you know, a few little nuanced things he can, you know, always improve on, but I mean, the raw speed and ability to create after the catch, like, I mean, I know there's that play that you usually bring up, uh, which was the um, reverse that got called back. Uh, I think it was against, yeah, against Wake Forest where he, I think they had, uh, they called the illegal block on Phil, but yeah, I mean, he's got all all that kind of physical talent in the world. So 
just kind of cleaning up those nuances is what you'd like to see from him this year and stay and and ideally Phil stays healthy so he can have a big year too. Yeah, it sounds like I'm I'm imagining they're not going to say it out loud, but the ball is going to go to him a lot. I mean, all he keeps yes. talking about. A lot of what he's talking about, especially I heard an ACC um, network interview with him after the um, NIL deal news was that, you know, I can't wait to play for McNulty. They're going to get me the ball this year. Mitch, what is your, let's just play a little early uh, uh, gambling odds here. What do you think of in terms of catches for Zay Flowers in 2022? I mean, I think the more operative number is targets, but I think for catches, I think you're going to see over uh, 75 and I'm going to pull up his targets for the last few years. Now, just give me one second to get that number up. Um, Cause I, I think he's, he was at, I want to say he was at 80 this year or that might've been the year before. Um, but I think that's number is definitely going to go up and it might not all be downfield stuff. Cause like, you know, screen stuff count too. Okay. So he had 91 targets in 2020, 82 in 2021. That number is going to be easily over a hundred and, and he has only had 48 and 44 catches the last two years. So that number is going to go way up. I would expect it to be over 80 with the targets, maybe even around 120. And what round do you have Zay Flowers as projected in your in your brain right now? I would think that he will probably go in the early second because just because of his size, you know, teams are they're not going to be super psyched about that. The, the good thing is that I think he is going to test at an elite level. If you compare him to a receiver like uh, Jahan Dotson, who surprisingly went in the first this year, but didn't have that truly elite testing. But I guess teams looked over it, which is good to see because uh, Jahan Dotson's a great player. But, you know, with that testing, if he tests, you know, at a four threes, like low four threes, high four eights in the 40 and has, you know, the uh, commensurate agility numbers, I could see end of the first round definitely being a possibility. All right. In a moment, Mitch and I are going to look at three other big names that we're going to watch for in the 2023 NFL draft from Boston College. But summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on to go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpack. Just make sure everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventure. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious and 100% covered in chocolate. They also have the puffs, which are delicious. They have the banana cream pie and my personal favorite, the churro cinnamony. It's delicious, and they're only 140 calories. Sign me up. So head on over to built.com because you need to check out some of the other flavors that they have, including banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. And the best part about built.com when you're looking for those bars, they have new specialty flavors all the time. So if you're thinking about it, they're probably going to be making it soon. They're delicious and very good for you. So check out built.com and use promo code lock 15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. This is locked on Boston college. This is our Monday show. I'm joined by Mitch Wolf. If this is your first time listening to locked on Boston college, I want to welcome you. We are the only daily Boston college podcast out there. We talk about Boston college. We give you analysis, my takes on everything BC. So make sure to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Mitch. So we gave out the first two, and those are the big names, Zay and Phil Dracovic. Who is the next one you would like to speak about? My next is Christian Mahogany, and I think that he has a very good chance to go in the first round as well uh, because I think that he – so he's bigger than – I think he's going to test bigger than Zion does. I think he's going to be at least 6'3", going to be like 320-plus pounds. And when I was watching Mahogany uh, back from this year – his power on tape is it really just pops off. Like it's a different kind of strength and just violence in his hands that he's able to just get immediate movement against his opponents. Uh, and that is apparent in the run game and the pass game, which that's going to really entice a lot of teams. And 
I kind of brought this up in his interview, but I think that the one thing he needs to work on is his footwork he needs to uh, be a little lighter on his feet, which is tough for a guard, um, especially when you're, you know, a bigger guy and you're switching to another uh, the other side of the line. So it's a bit of an adjustment, but I still think that that's the one thing that and he talked about how that's something you can always improve, always be working on something he's working on with Coach Googe. So I think that if he can, you know, get his feet a little lighter uh, so he can then deploy those in a better form, especially in pass protection where he can more properly kind of like stutter around and then anchor his feet when the power rush comes, I think that's going to help improve his stock even more. But right now, you know, I could definitely see him going at the end of the first round, kind of like how we thought about Zion going into the season. All right. So he's got, I mean, if he does some work, you could see if you have a, do you see him having a high ceiling like Zion or do you see him kind of, that's kind of where he's going to max out at? It's, it's possible if he has a year like Zion did this last year, which was, they honestly had pretty similar years. You know, if he follows it up with another really strong year, I could definitely see it happening just because, you know, they're very similar players in terms of how technically refined they are and how much power and strength they bring. Uh, so yeah, I, I could see it happening. You know, I don't want to be, uh, get too over my skis with it. But, you know, if he goes, you know, in the top, I, I think, I think the latter half of the first round is definitely a safe guess. I don't want to get too uh, hot takey and say he's going to go in the first half of the first round. I hate doing it. Cause I hate giving Steve Adazio credit, but the last couple of drafts, <laughs> it does show that he, he has an eye for good offensive linemen. I mean, that's, and, that's his thing. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, credit when credits due, and yeah, you know, Texas A&M, I thought was smart bringing him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that position. So anyway, that's enough for talking about Daz. Uh, so, all right. So Josh DeBerry. Now, Josh DeBerry, for those folks listening to this podcast, um, he was two years ago when I started BC Bulletin. He was the guy I totally forgot about when I was doing depth chart uh, projections. I've done this two years in a row and I'll get it to the other one in a minute. But Josh DeBerry was one I left off. I got a message from somebody. I'm not going to get into who that was like, you got to you, you're 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 hating on him, AJ. And I'm like, I just don't know much about him. And then they shut me up so quickly with his play in that year. I mean, 2020, he was good. And then 2021, I thought he, he really kind of flew off the charts. Where is he in your projections, Mitch? For me, I think that he is a late second, early third round pick right now. Uh, I think the thing about DeBerry is he's so smart. Uh, he's super instinctive and he offers versatility. Like I think he's, he probably is going to test around, or he's going to measure in like 510, maybe 511 and, you know, 180 some pounds. So for some NFL teams that might limit him to being a uh, slot corner, which is where he's played the last few years. But I think others would be like, Hey, like we can play him outside. You know, a lot of teams that run more cover two zone schemes and even teams that don't like the Kansas city chiefs took uh, Trent McDuffie out of Washington, who was honestly pretty similar size. And I think they're going to play him outside. And honestly, if you look at a lot of the Washington corners, which is a team that, uh, has produced a lot of NFL corners the last few years. A lot of their guys are undersized, but they still play outside. Um, so I think DeBerry also has really good ball skills. You know, he doesn't have that many interceptions, but he's got a decent amount of passes broken up. He just has a knack for making those big plays. I mean, even as a pass rusher, uh, forcing fumbles, that kind of stuff. So I think teams are going to like that. I, I think the one drawback, like I said, is teams are going to be like, oh, like, can he play outside? And if he can't, then that's going to kind of lower his value on certain teams' boards. And what do you see that's different between him and Brandon Sebastian? I think he'll test a little better. Um, I think that it is, I think they're honestly pretty similar players, but I think, I think the big thing is that um, DeBerry's going to test a little better and that is going to allow him to play man coverage more, which in the slot, it's a little different just because you don't have to be necessarily as worried about taking people deep. But I think that, I think he's going to test a little better. And I think that um, 
I think teams will be a little less concerned about him sticking in man coverage against NFL wide receivers. All right. And then what other player was there other ones that you wanted to talk about, Mitch? Uh, The other one that I had was, and this one could go either way. I think he'll be a top 100 pick. I'm not sure if he can get into the first uh, two rounds, but I think Jalen would be, or Jaden would be has a good chance of getting into the uh, top 100 because he, again, has a knack for making some big plays. Uh, He's, I think he's going to be like a box safety. Like he's not going to be, um, like a true, you know, center fielder, free safety, like Ed Reed type, or even like go back to like Lucas Dennis. Um, but he's a thumper coming downhill. He's a really, really consistent tackler. Um, this past year, he only missed three tackles, which is a five point five percent miss rate, which is fantastic for a strong safety. And this, and honestly, this was his first year. We actually had good ball production. He had two interceptions. He had two passes broken up. Um, I think. Like I said, like, I don't think teams are going to like, he's going to have to go to a team that runs a more cover three based scheme where he's going to play down in the box or play over the slot against tight ends and occasionally running backs. But again, a guy with a good knack for making big plays, I think he's going to test well as an athlete for his size, um, but not, not like an all time elite safety testing, but I think teams are going to like his, his smarts, his ability to play in short underneath zones and ability to come downhill and fit the run. All right. And there's a whole bunch of other players that are coming out. What are some names that you might watch for? I'm interested in Elijah Jones just because he is kind of like Brandon Sebastian. He's been very consistent the last few years as a coverage corner on the outside. Um, he's tall. He's long. I think he'll test fast. So, you know, those are kind of the prerequisites to being drafted by an NFL team. We saw uh, Tariq Woolen out of uh, UTSA. He got taken in the fourth round. Some people thought he would take get taken earlier because of some of his insane testing. The problem with Jones is he has not had a single interception in four years as a, as a college wow. player and, and three years as a starter, which is crazy to think about. But then if you look, if you look at the stats, there's just no picks. He's had a good amount of passes broken up, but no picks. So I think that's teams are not going to love that in terms of other players that I would be interested in. Um, Jason Matry, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of smaller defensive backs get taken who will play kind of a free safety or a slot role. And Jason can do both kind of like a, a Buddha, a little lesser version of a Buddha Baker, another Washington defensive back um, after that, honestly, and I don't mean to slight anybody, but it kind of drops off in terms of guys that I think could make the NFL, uh, you know, both tight ends. I could see, you know, being UDFAs, uh, they've, you know, they're probably both good athletes. They're solid blockers. If Finn Durstein has a big year when he finally gets onto the field, you know, maybe he, gets uh, selected as a late round pick. Um, and another guy, you know, Sheeta Salah, who, you know, we've kind of all been waiting for to take that big next step, but he's got good body, good athleticism. You know, we saw Brandon Barlow get a camp invite. You know, I could see the same thing happen to Salah uh, in terms of being UDFA or, you know, just because of his body type and athleticism, you know, maybe he becomes a star in the XFL and after a year or two there, then maybe he gets the call up to the NFL. And finally, one name that popped up, and I, I'd be remiss not to bring him up because I know his dad listens to the show a lot. Is Jalen Gill? Oh yeah. What do you What are your oh, thoughts I, on I, him? Oh, I miss. I I had him here. I just I uh, <laughs> just the way the way I actually did, but just the way my uh, document was written, it kind of passed over. Yeah, I think that you know, I think he's gonna have a lot of opportunities because I think teams are gonna know that this offense wants to get the ball to Zay, and Phil is comfortable throwing to Jalen, no question. So. You know, he's going to have opportunities. I think he's shown really reliable hands. He gets open well. You know, you can use him as a slot receiver, get him jet sweeps, screens. He can get, he can beat you deep. You know, when Zay like wasn't having his best days, you know, Gil was really able to step up. You know, I don't think Gil's going to come in and be, you know, a downfield contested catch X receiver, but as a Z or slot receiver, you know, if he has a, 
a solid year again with playing with Jacoby for a full season, I could definitely see him getting drafted. You know, I think that, you know, I think it'd be round three probably, but if he gets an invite to, you know, I don't think, I don't think they would take both Zay and Jalen to the senior bowl, but if he goes to the shrine bowl or, uh, you know, one of the other Bibles bowls and has like a big week, you know, he could definitely play himself into getting drafted. All right. Thanks, Mitch. So it sounds like this is going to be a fun NFL draft to watch for Boston College fans. I, I said that last year and it didn't exactly work out, but <laughs> so hopefully I'm wrong or hopefully hopefully I'm right this year. Unlike yeah, this year. I, I, I don't recommend any folks go and Google BC Bulletin 2020 pre- draft preview because uh, from back in like June last year, because. I have to defend myself. I had Jakovic being healthy and I could put and like, oh, that. That's that's that you can't, you can't get on anybody for that. That just, that's happens. And that's just unlucky. And I had Zay and Jakovic going in the draft, and which if, if I, I think that if they had, if he had, if Phil had been healthy and had a big year, I think that they both definitely could have declared and it would not have yeah, shocked me whatsoever. Absolutely. So Mitch, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf W O L F E on Twitter. Um, you know, obviously not as much content coming out right now, but you know, I'll be posting some stuff uh, over the summer for uh, the BC site in terms of, you know, previewing the ACC season. It's going to be a really, it's a really fun time to be a fan of an ACC team because, you know, I think Clemson's uh, sun is waning or whatever it is. You know, I think their star is fading. I think that this, the ACC is more wide open now than ever, honestly. So it's a fun time to be a BC fan. All right. In our final segment, thank you, Mitch, for joining us on our final segment. I got to go over some of our Monday news dump where we're going to go over baseball struggling again and lacrosse falling in the ACC finals. Now, BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports development league reviews and news, including this year's baseball playoff, basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and everything in between. They have all sorts of great prop bets on the NBA, NHL. You can find it all on BetOnline. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. So head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is AJ Black. If you have not checked out Locked On ACC, I have to. I can't recommend this enough. It's hosted by Candace Cooper, and she has a rotating guest of uh, Locked On hosts from the various ACC podcasts. I'm on there on Wednesdays talking football with her, as always. Uh, but definitely check it out. Hit subscribe on Locked On ACC on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy weekend for BC Sports. BC Baseball, uh, they played a top 25 FSU team and won. A game, which is um, reason for celebration, I guess, because it's only their fifth ACC win of the season. Uh, and it all went downhill after that. But a uh, nice win on Friday for BC uh, to stun Florida State. Um, this this road of um, misery is coming to a close. And I can't think, I don't like to call for coaches' heads. They're people too. But I just have to imagine that this must be the, the swan song for Mike Gambino. Uh, you can't go. They have 30 losses. They're like 19 and 30. And all of their wins are against just like lousy uh, Northeast teams. Like and even the good Northeast teams beat them like UConn. UConn trounced BC. I think they held them to one hit. So, you know, they have one more series. They play their home finale on Wednesday against Maine. And then they play Clemson to end the season. And Clemson has a lot to play for here. So good luck. It's a, it's a, an away game. Uh, they'll be their senior day. I mean, it's it's just the season needs to end fast because it's just tough to watch. I mean, you know, they got held to like a pair of hits on one of their games this weekend. They made a ton of errors, just sloppy baseball. You know, it seems like every game this season, either two things happen. BC gets blown out, which happens a lot, 
or BC kind of hangs around and then just implodes. Uh, you know, there's see, it seems like every other game is a game where they're like right in there until the end, and you see, you see, uh, you know, it's excitement. There's in the seventh inning, it's only a one run game, and then the bullpen comes in and lets up eight runs, and it's not always the bullpen's fault because there might have been three errors in the outfield because of it, but. It seems like these two things happen all the time, and the wins are not happening. And because the wins are not happening, change has to come. This is now the third straight season, second straight season of just poor baseball. And they have this new complex for baseball. You know, they have the freight center for practice. I mean, if you're playing this poorly, how are you going to A, attract recruits, and B, attract fans? Because the stadium's dead. There's no fans there. The recruits are watching this going, why am I going to play here? Something has to happen. And my, I'm a little worried right now because there's no AD. <laughs> so who's who's going to make that decision? Is, is there going to be a new guy by that point? I mean, they're going to have to make a decision quickly because the season ends next week. Um, or is J.M. Caparo, their um, associate AD that's in charge right now, is he going to be given the, the go-ahead to make a move? Or is Gambino going to be brought back a year because there's too much chaos going on in athletics? Who knows? I, I'm interested to see where they go with this, though, because you know I don't think they're going to have a new co- a new AD in place by the end of this week. I don't see them you know, forcing a guy, even if there is, to make a move like right off the bat. So... You know, Gambino might have a second life here. Um, we'll have to see what happens for next year. And then finally, let's just wrap it up. BC uh, Women's Lacrosse came so close again to winning their fir- the the school's first ACC championship. BC has not won an ACC championship since uh, joining the conference. Now, they won a national championship with BC Women's Lacrosse last year, but no nas- no conference champion. I was really hoping they were doing that. They were up by at 5-3, to three, and then UNC just went on a tear. And, and just put them away. Um, and, you know, they played, these two teams have played before. They played at, at uh, Chestnut Hill earlier this season. A game BC almost came back and won. This wasn't really that close. I mean, BC was in it, but then they just kind of, you know, fell on their face at the end. Now it's time for the, the national championship title. Yeah, You know, winning an ACC tournament is nice. Winning a national t- a natty again and getting another banner up and having Charlotte North leave with two national championships would be even better. And I believe they're going to get the winner of James Madison and UConn. So we'll have to wait to see. They get a first round bye. They're one of the top three teams in the country. So they get a bye to start it off. But we'll have to watch. They're a fun team to watch still. I I don't want to say bad things, but they just don't seem as good as last year. But as any sport fan can attest, it just takes one run to win a national championship. So We'll see. Maybe they they hit that second gear and they win that natty. So tomorrow we'll be back again to talk a little bit more about recruiting. We'll have some talk about uh, football and everything in between. So make sure to check us out. Again, we're going to have a special guest hopefully later on in the week that you're going to want to hear. And uh, John Garcia will also be back to talk BC football. Thank you all for following. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Just hit that subscribe button. We're, we really want to get monetized. And I know it, as a BC podcast, it's a little hard to get that going but anyone you can any way you can help if you have like five gmail accounts i'm telling you right this is stupid but it does help like just hit subscribe on all of them if you have a gmail account right you have a youtube account they're linked 
So you just go on, if you have like two or three of them, just hit subscribe. Have your wife subscribe. Have everyone you know subscribe to Lockdown Boston College. It will help us po- get the podcast up. All you have to do is hit that subscribe button. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be putting up, it's been quite BC Sports Newsland right, uh, recently, so I haven't been able to chance to get some YouTube exclusives up. But I will um, as we get closer to the summer. And uh, any transfer or recruiting news, I'll make sure I get there too. So thank you all for listening. We'll see you all again soon. Take care.